We're going to sing about the wonderful testimony, how Jesus Christ has saved every single one of us. Let's put our hands together. Satan fall like lightning, and I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over is my name is registered in heaven. And I believe in signs and wonders, and I have resurrection power. Feel the miracle that I just can't get over Cause my name is registered in heaven My praise belongs to you forever This is my testimony from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story And I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony. This is my testimony. Yeah. Together, sons and daughters, bought with blood and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father, our God. We'll finish what he started. Yes, he will. And our God will finish what he started. This is my testimony from death to life. This grace rewrote my story. I'm testified by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead and you're not dying. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead and you're not dying. You're not dying. You're not. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead and you're not dying. testimony from dead to life cause grace rewrote my story and I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony oh I'm alive this is my testimony from dead to life cause grace rewrote my story Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified, this is 
lift up a shout of praise for what Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. Hello. Good evening. I am Mallory Morton. This is my husband, Patrick, and we have Maggie Joy, who is almost seven this week. We have the shy one. <laughs> Asher is five, and Liberty will be three here pretty soon. And um, when Asher was born, I became a stay-at-home mom, and so then the time came for Maggie Joy to go to school, and she was a little nervous because she had been with mom for about three years. So she's going to share her favorite Bible verse that um, she learned to help her when she went to school. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Uh, let's pray. God, we thank you for this church. We thank you for the power that you have to change lives and impact lives. And I thank you for a church that, uh, that uh, offers a place for, for people to come and do that. God, I pray for all those that are going to be speaking tonight and, and the testimonies that they will give. God, I just uh, give you the glory for each and every one of them. God, I pray that you would continue to work uh, in their lives and the lives of everyone that, that hears it tonight. God, we praise you for everything that you do, everything you've done, and, and everything that you will continue to do uh, for all of us. In your name I pray. Amen. For you that don't know me, my name is Tim Gossett. My uh, wife and I have been attending the palace for four years now, and uh, I, uh, I want to address something before I give my testimony. Uh, when we first started coming here, uh, Melody Beebe would come to us every Sunday and check on us and see how we were doing, and, and it became a thing with her that she was uh, going to get us moved further up in front of the church and, and my deal was with her I would always tell her my, my grandpa Grassum was a Baptist minister and I, I would joke and tell her that, that uh, I was raised a backseat Baptist <laughs> and uh, about three or four weeks of every Sunday coming back and checking on me and Diane lo and behold we were sitting two rows from the front of the church. So saying that, I would just like to say now that Sister BB, you have succeeded because I'm as far to the front of the church as I can get. So. Uh, about four weeks ago, uh, I had some really bad back pain. I mean, this every day and I uh, had an upcoming doctor's appointment uh, 
And uh, I kept telling Diane, I'll just wait until I go to, uh, to my regular appointment and have him check my back. And about, I don't know, maybe a couple Sundays ago, after, after the service, we were, I always sat back there and wait her to get off the platform. And, and uh, here come Miranda. And, and you could tell when she, she came walking back there, she was on a mission. She, she had something on her mind. And she sat down by us and she said, uh, I'm here to pray for someone's back. Someone has been laying, sleeping in the floor or laying in the floor trying to get relief for their back. And uh, I said, well, Miranda, I, I haven't been sleeping before, but yes, I've been laying in the floor trying to get relief, and that would be me. And she said, well, I, I'm supposed to pray for you. And so she laid hands on me, and Diane laid hands on me, and they both started to pray. And I'm going to tell you, when Miranda started to pray, she prayed for stuff in my back I didn't know I had in my back. <laughs> and at the time she got done, you know, we, we left, and, and that particular day I told Diane, I said, you know, when you get time, swing by and get a heating pad and bring home for me so I can lay on the heating pad. So she come in from church that night. I had already went home, and like a day or two later, she, uh, she said, so are you going to use that heating pad? And I said, well, you know, Diane, you need to take that up with Miranda and the Lord because the Lord has healed me. My back has not hurt me a day. And she prayed for me. Praise God. So I'm Cassie King, and um, I'm getting tickled. Bear with me, but um, <laughs> I was getting tickled on the way walking up here. Every time somebody asks me to do my testimony, I think, have they ever talked to me? Because um, you know my testimony. I was lost and now I'm found. Praise the Lord. That's my testimony. But there's a part of my testimony that I rarely share, but it's so important. But sometimes it offends people. But I don't want to please people. Uh, and, and I want to um, give the testimony about my marriage. Um, I didn't ask permission. This is a secret to my husband. So um, when me and Daniel first got saved, we weren't married. We both had a jacked up view of what love should be. We were both married in the past, and it just wasn't something that we were interested in doing again. Um, and the closer we grew to the Lord, we knew that we weren't right. Like we knew that it was not God's will for us to live together and not be married. And, you know, we would have people, even sometimes Christian people, and they would say, it's okay, God understands. God loves you anyway. The Bible says that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And it does say that, but sometimes people use that scripture. The Bible also says um, that your sin and your iniquity separate you from his provision and his favor on your life. And, you know, I've always known right from wrong. I chose to do wrong, but I always knew right from wrong. And I knew that we weren't living right. I didn't say it out of my mouth, but I knew it. And, and the more we, we were sober, we had been delivered, um, we were in church. And Daniel looks at me one day and he goes, are we really saved? I'm like, yeah, I think so. I mean, <laughs> we're not what we used to be, that's for sure. 
Um, and he says, well, why are we living together and we're not married? And in my mind, the first thing I thought was my human flesh says, well, neither one of us have anywhere else to go. We've got two kids together. We've lived together for years. Just try to leave. I dare you. And he said, so here's what we're going to do. We want God to bless us. And we did. We were, we were doing everything we could not afford to have to answer for anything else. We hadn't realized that our sins were as far as the east is from the west. And we were trying to get blessed. Amen. So um, Daniel says, until we can afford a marriage license, we did not have $50 to our name to get a marriage license. And we were too proud to ask for it. Um, but we were bound and determined to get blessed. And so uh, he says, we're not going to sleep together um, until we're married. And so we alternated bed and couch. Uh, it, it was about six weeks, six weeks and a, and a couple days. And our kids would say, Mama, are you and Daddy breaking up? And I would say, no, we want God to bless us. We're trying to get blessed. And so um, at the end of that six weeks, we had scraped up our $50, and we get in the vehicle, and we drive to Arkansas, and the man gets off a mower outside and he comes in and he performs the wedding and we get married and we went home married. And you know, before we, we lived by what the world's standard of love was. And the world says that love's when you feel like it. You stay together when circumstances permit. You stay together when the other person makes you happy. But that's not what the Bible says. And the more we grew in the Lord and the more we were walking in that, we knew that the Bible said love comes from God. It, it comes from heaven. Love is the source that never runs out and never runs down. And we were faithful to that. And God was faithful to us. And the Bible says that love is patient. And it's kind. It's not, it's not jealous. It's not rude. It doesn't count up wrongs. It says that it rejoices in the truth, that it endures, it, it never fails, right? And once we knew what real love was, I have a crush on my husband. He's going to kill me for saying that, but I love him so much. I, he's out there. He's hiding. Um, but I have a crush on him, and, and the Lord is glorified in our marriage because we put God first, That's hard to follow. <clears throat> well, my journey down here was from upstate New York. Uh, parents didn't take me to church, didn't care because I like to raise hell. My senior year, I was busted for stealing cars, stealing guns, breaking in houses. The law wanted me to spend time with them in jail. My dad made a proposal that uh, they would send me off to get help. Gainesville, Georgia, River, Riverside Military Academy. As they had long hair, gone. Uh, Bell bottoms, gone, uniform. So I thought I was living in hell. Uh,
I, uh, military school, I wrestled. I loved wrestling. Got a scholarship to Miami-Dade, Florida. Well, that's a uh, drug city. Got back on drugs, not good. Uh, father comes to rescue me. He says, uh, you gotta get some kind of job. <laughs> I said, yep. <laughs> so, he knew a guy in Memphis, Tennessee. I says, oh, okay, Memphis. It's a quiet town. No. <clears throat> My father-in-law was a cotton farmer and a preacher. His wife also preached. They weren't too far from there. And uh, her, her husband uh, knew when to say something and when not to. He's been through the up and down. And he led me to the Lord. And uh, after 25 years of marriage, two kids, and a divorce, Pastor David Thomas helped my emotional state. <laughs> Big time. Uh, David told me he had a girl for me in church. I said, I don't want a girl. After three years of dating, I knew it was the one. I, I, I argued with God. He won. And uh, where is she? There she is. And that's my lady. That's my word. It's so wonderful to hear what God is doing in people's lives and what he's done and what he's going to continue to do. And right now we're going to sing a song about the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength, amen? In Psalm 30 it says that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I don't know about you, but the joy of the Lord sustains me and keeps me going, amen? So let's stand and let's sing this out. Give him praise, for he is good. And you 
How's everybody doing today? I just want to share my little testimony I have today. Um, first, I'd like to start off with uh, God. He has changed my life to making me the man I am today. Like when I was younger, I went to church a few times, but it wasn't like a regular thing. Now I go to church almost every Sunday that I can. I used to be in a tough spot in my life. I experimented with a lot of substances in my teens. I did a lot of dumb stuff that I'm not proud of. I guess it was a part of being young-minded and not thinking about the consequences that came with experimenting with those substances. God slowly started to show, show himself to me. He took his time, oh, 
Hold on. God slowly started to show himself to me. He, he took his time when I used to ask him to show me signs that he was listening to me or that he was real because back then I really used to not believe in the Lord. My first real encounter that I had with the Lord, I was 17 and I was swimming in a river in Arkansas. I remember I tried to swim to the other side of the river and as I was walking out to test the water because I'm not, I'm not that strong of a swimmer. It had previously rained that week, so the current, the current was too strong to try to swim across, and the water was up to my chin, so I decided to try to turn around. Well, when I took a step back, I fell in a rut, and I lost my footing, and immediately the current snatched me. I fought for my life a quarter mile down that current. I could feel myself losing consciousness to the point to where I saw my life flash before my eyes. I started seeing old memories and happy times and random faces of people that I love, and I realized I was about to slip away. I remember in that moment, excuse me. I remember in that moment, I prayed to myself and I said, God, I'm sorry, guys. Just, the spirit's feeling me right now. And I remember in that moment, I, I prayed to God and I told him I wasn't ready to die that day. Please don't let me die. And as soon as I got done with that prayer, something amazing happened. I touched in the middle of that water and I dragged myself to the shore. Oh, I, gotta, I gotta find where I'm at again. I remember I, when I got to that shore, I thanked him so much for saving me that day. He's done, a lot of, he's done a lot of amazing things, and he continues to do so every day. I met my wife, Kaylee, in late 2018. She had been in the church more than me growing up, growing up as well in her teens. We lived together in sin by not being married. Her parents pushed us all the time to start going to church or to get married. Kaylee even tried to push me to go several times, saying she missed going and she wanted to go back. We got married in June of 2020. The day we got married, I gave in to everyone and I told Pastor Miller, I want to start coming to church here at the palace. We started coming and have been here almost a year and on the weeks that I'm able, I'm able to do the work. Since I've started attending, I've always felt so welcome. I bought my first Bible and I started reading it to try to understand more. I pray more than I did before. I still have a lot of learning to do and a lot to be taught. Whenever my wife and I are in disagreements, there are times where I seek out spiritual advice from her parents because I know they will do everything they can to lead me in a better path instead of trying to add fuel to the fire like Facebook would because we used to make posts on social media which would only make it worse. We don't have a perfect marriage, but since we've put God into the equation, things have gotten so much better in our relationship. We still... <laughs> Thank you. We still have our days, but we treat each other so much better now. We work, we work on our down talking to one another. I've also followed in the footsteps of my in-laws and started trying to work on my family. I invite my mom to attend with us all the time. You know, she's been going through a lot of rough spots in her life and every time we talk about it, I tell her she needs to try to find the Lord and start attending church. And she always says, I'll get there, you know, when I'm ready or 
I will one day. Well, my mom's sitting out here in the crowd with us tonight. She also has my stepdad and my little brothers with us too. I just, I just want to say, don't give up if you're working on someone. Keep working. My wife and her family worked on me for almost two years, and it finally worked. There's hope. Keep praying. They will find God, and it'll be a life-changing experience. I couldn't be more happy to be where, I'm at, where I am at today than where I was a few years ago. And I can't wait to see what God still has in store for me to do and learn. Never, never feel like just because the Lord doesn't answer you right away sometimes that he doesn't listen or he's not real. Because I can attest to that. I used to feel the same way. A few months ago, I asked the Lord to show me a sign that he's still listening to me and knows me. And I randomly opened up my Bible to the Songs of Solomon. I've never just opened a Bible before. And I came across this verse, Songs of Solomon 117. It said, the beams of our house are cedar and our rafters are fir. Those are my favorite scents. <laughs> I said, okay, God, I see. I kept reading and boom, I saw another one. It was Song of Solomon 4.13. It said, thy plants are an orchid of pomegranates, which is my favorite fruit. <laughs> he showed me he knew me very well. I saw I had his attention and he very well had mine. So I prayed and I asked if he could give me strength in getting up with my family and helping my wife out more around the house. I work nights, so it's challenging for me to get up in the morning. I drive an hour to and from work every day. That night I got home, I had this urge to just clean the entire house. After I finished everything up, I don't know why, but I just wanted to clean out and organize the junk drawer because of us Americans have those, right? <laughs> well, the last thing I took out of that drawer when I was done was this little notepad that says, it says, prayer works. It was the very last thing I pulled out of there. <laughs> and I remember I just, after I read, I read it, I slumped over. I slumped over the counter, and I just started crying because God showed himself to me physically. I wept to God, and I, I, was, I was so weak with the spirit after I read that. I just sat there and cried and wept, and I thanked God over and over again. So I just want to leave off with please don't give up on God because I promise, I promise he will never give up on you. Thank you. Wow, I'm, I'm done. Uh, uh, my testimony is about, oh, I'm Marilyn Syverson. I think my name's up there. And there's really only two people in here that know me, and they probably know that I like to be in control. <laughs> uh, I think they're shaking their head yes, but... Uh, I was a teacher and I was a principal. I worked for Job Corps and you kind of have to be in control. So I was used to that. 
I retired and moved to upstate New York. I didn't like upstate New York. It was cold. It was expensive. I lived up there for five years. My husband knew that it wasn't my favorite place to be, and he loves me. So he said, wherever you want to move, I'll go. I want you to be happy. At least one day he wanted me to be happy. But, so we put our house up for sale. And as I said, we lived in upstate New York. And the market was really slow at the time. This was uh, in 2019. Our home was for sale for almost a year. The contract was getting ready to run out in March of last year. And, you know, I had been saying, are we doing the right thing? This, I know his sister was there and she was very ill. She has since passed away. But I, I go, I don't know. God, I, I, this feels like it was all me. Am I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm not doing the right thing. Maybe it's, we shouldn't be doing this. His sister's here. He's a New Yorker by birth. He was born in Brooklyn. Maybe, maybe I'm just being selfish. So I got a call from a real estate agent. There was a man that wanted to buy the house, but he wanted a lot of things. And so we agreed to that he could buy the house, but we didn't agree to the lot of things that he wanted. And finally, after about the third or fourth call, the second or third week of March, I said, just put the house up for sale. The real estate agent called and, and he said, uh, I don't know if the sale is going to go through. I don't know if this is going to work out. Uh, and I said, just, I'm tired of this. Just put it up for sale. Just take it, put it back on the market. It just wasn't meant to be. I'll just stay in this cold, forlorn, you know, self-pity. Uh, I was so depressed. My husband had already gone to work. I just went back to bed. I was like, God, I, I, I just don't know. I can't do this anymore. It's just not right. I can't do it. I can't bear this burden. It, you're going to have to show me, give me something, do something. I, I don't care what it is. Tell me yes or no. Or, uh, you, know, you know I'm not patient. You know I like to be in control. But I can't. I can't be in control. I can't be in control of this. You, I, I give this to you. I know you're going to take care of me. I, I don't know how. I, I just, I can't see it. If this is supposed to be right for my husband and I, you're going to have to step in because I can't fix it. While I was sitting there praying in bed, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, thinking I'm just going to cover my head up and I just want his pity party, my phone rings. And I looked at it, it was my cell phone, and there was a name on there that in the back of my mind, for some reason, I don't know why, but in the back of my mind, I, I recognized the number, the name. And so I wasn't going to answer the phone because I was praying and I was having this self-pity party. And I didn't really want it to be interrupted, neither the prayer nor the self-pity. You know, 
So, but I did, I answered the phone. It was a woman that I had gone to school with when I was 14 years old, she was 15, and she said, Marilyn, this is Benny. I'm like, Benny? I mean, we hadn't spoken in over 50 years. I'm like, Benny, do I know a Benny? She said, you know me, we went to school together. We went to Pine out the other side of Donovan. We went to the high school together. You, you know me. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember Benny Flynn, long hair. Yeah, I remember you. She said, well, God wants me to tell you. He's got you. And he did. And I don't have anything else to say. He still got me. We moved. Good evening, everybody. Uh, I'm Mike McLean. Uh, me and my wife, Lisa, have been here, uh, been members at the palace now for about a year. Uh, I'll just start out with my story. Uh, known her most, we, I've lived at Puxy Cove my whole life. Uh, we went to the same babysitter, her aunt babysat us when we were, when we were young ones. Got, got pictures of us together when we was, before we was even in school. Uh, me and my wife didn't, we didn't really hang out much through school. Uh, she was... She was in church and kind of with the, what I thought at the time was nerds and all that, you know. I was, I was the wild kid hanging out with the, with the rowdy bunch. Uh, at an early age, uh, around 12, I, I started drinking, uh, drinking quite a bit. Uh, by the age of 13, uh, I was smoking marijuana. Uh, I hung out with the older crowd. Uh, by the age of 18, I was using methamphetamines. Uh, and I did that uh, off and on up until my mid-30s. Uh, I, was, I was raised, I had good parents. My parents didn't drink in front of us. Uh, they were both just super hard workers. Mom, dad took us to church, you know, anytime we wanted to go. They didn't attend much, you know, besides Easter, Christmas, uh, Mother's Day, stuff like that. Uh, dad always taught me, you know, to, to work hard, to work for what you want, to treat people how you want to be treated. And I knew right from wrong. Uh, I just, I just didn't do it very, very often. I thought, I thought I was a pretty good person. Uh, got married when I was uh, 21 to this fine lady, uh, and I praised the Lord for that. Uh, I told her, I told her when we were dating, uh, she, she knew how, she knew I drank and that I smoked marijuana. And I, I told her when we were dating and all that, I was like, well, you know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep doing that, you know. And she was, she just kind of nodded, you know, and a little, you know, like, yeah, whatever. Well, little did I know she had bigger plans for me, you know. Uh, after, after we got married, uh, well, I, I'm sure the whole time that we were married, she, uh, as soon as we had kids, uh, she drank a little bit with me there like the first year. So she just had like one wild year of her life, which wasn't very wild, you know, but. 
As soon as we had uh, our first child, Easton, she was, she was done with the, with the drinking and all that, and uh, I wasn't. Uh, I never realized, uh, I didn't think I had a problem with the, with the drinking and the drugs because I didn't bring it home. I didn't, I didn't have a fridge full of beer, and I didn't do it in front of my family. And uh, I thought because I had a job and provided for them, you know, I was like, well, you know, I, I always thought I wasn't too bad a person, but... Uh, I was wrong. I uh, I neglected my family and my and my wife and kids of, of just a lot of, of dad time, you know, just being there. Uh, I would lay out after work for two or three hours every day through the week, you know, just to just to get drunk and high for a little bit before I would go home. Um, so let me think. Where am I now? My uh, I guess uh, in 2015. Uh, my wife and, and father-in-law, my father-in-law is a pastor. I, I attended church with, a, you know, I, I went to church with my family uh, most, most Sundays and Wednesdays and, and kind of played the church part for years, you know, just trying to pacify mama and, 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 and do what's right for the kids, you know. And uh, I just, uh, I played church for a lot of years and uh, never, never let God break that shell down, you know, that I had around my heart and... Uh, on December 13th in 2015, uh, I was off. Uh, didn't have nothing to do that day. It was a Saturday. And uh, she had said she was going shopping, so I left the house that morning about 9 o'clock and went to a shooting match. I don't know if any of y'all know what those are. You know, they shoot for meat and all that. Well, this started at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, I started drinking, you know, 11 o'clock that morning. Uh, <clears throat> and continued doing that. The rest of the day, I, I drank throughout the day, uh, closed down two different bars and uh, on my way home. And, I, and I, was, I was working my way back to the house at these places. I was just probably 10 or 15 minutes up the road from my house. Well, I, I left there at closing time and uh, started headed home. And I woke up underneath my pickup laying out in the middle of a muddy field. Uh, I'd got ejected from it and thrown out. My pickup was laying on me from the middle of the back down and I was pinned face down out there in the mud. And I, you know, I'd tried to quit drinking and stuff before and using drugs and all that. And it was just like, just like a flash, you know, when, when I come to out in the field there laying in that cold mud that night at two in the morning, you know, I, I was just like, Lord, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tired of living like this and all that. And uh, I knew my wife was going to be mad because this was the, this would have been the second. I got a DWI in 2001, which I spent tons and tons of money to have reduced. And then same thing happened here in 2015. I spent several thousand dollars and Lord, Lord, you know, blessed me. I had a CDL. I I kind of had them on limbo for about a year and had a piece of paper that said I could drive, but uh, you know, God bless that situation. Uh, I was actually going to church with a guy that kind of just, I mean, it, you know how those things work, that knew a guy and, and uh, he had talked to the judge and that judge told my buddy, he's like, I'll give this guy one chance. He's like, you know, if I see him in here again, he's done. And, and my buddy knew I was, I was trying to change. Uh, I've had a big support team over there in the town I live in. Uh, 
I've got several friends that's been through John 3, 16. Uh, uh, just, I've got a great wife, uh, great in-laws that's always been supportive of me. And uh, God delivered me, you know, that night out there in that muddy field of the craving of alcohol. I'm not saying I've been the perfect saint since then, but I, it, it definitely pulled the webs from my eyes, you know, and uh, showed me there's a whole lot more to life than than what you think's a good time because drugs and alcohol is not a not a good time, kids. And uh, I'd like to just tell you all the all you young folks right now, uh, you might think you know there's nothing wrong with just having a drink or something like that with your buddies, and that's that's how it all starts. And I I know you hear that stuff on TV, but there's there's a lot of truth in that. You know, uh, that's how it started for me. I thought, well, you know, it's just a few drinks. You know, well then it. It caused me lots of years of heartache and pain, you know, and I put a lot of pain on my wife and kids and neglected them a lot, and for that I'm sorry. And I praise God, though, for delivering me, and I'm thankful to be here. Can you hear me? Okay, I'm Lisa McLean. This is my husband. <laughs> I'm not a public speaker, but um, as someone else spoke about Miss Melody, um, when we came here to the palace, she had no clue. I have a fear of speaking of people, and she just kept pushing me and pushing me closer to the front. So um, here we are, giving our testimony. But um, yes, I was raised in church. My dad is a preacher. He is um, an amazing preacher. I mean, you're awesome too, Pastor. You're amazing. <laughs> but my daddy is so good. <laughs> um, but yes, Michael and I, you know, like he said, we, we got together not too long after high school. He was the cool guy and I was the nerd. Um, but we got married and then, you know, had little Easton and things started to change for me and went to church and I guess I just figured he would follow suit. And it didn't happen that way. So, you know, young kids, uh, the scripture don't be unequally yoked. That's, that's a good thing because we went through a lot of heartache that we wouldn't have had to went through had we both been saved from the get-go and living for the Lord. So, um, but the Lord is, is using our failures as well. So, um, anyways, uh, yes, he, you know, he would stay out drinking. I was not perfect. I was, ho I was horrible as well. I was mean to him when he would come home. I would yell at him and stay up just to yell at him. <laughs> but he wouldn't care. He would just go to sleep. <laughs> um, but anyways, years went on of that, and I got kind of resentful and angry, um, that he would leave us all the time and things like that. And I made horrible choices um, as well. And when you're in a bad situation and then you try to retaliate, that's just gonna make things worse. So um, we had started going to church at Hamtown where my dad was preaching at the time and um, had been going there. And uh, that's kind of where my passion for signing came from. I seen some girls do that there. I was always too scared to do anything like that. Um, Fear and anxiety kind of have lured over me my whole life until just here recently. The Lord has really helped me with that. But um, anyways, we, I had yelled. Can you hear me? Um, I had, had been a horrible 
wife, I think, from the get-go, because I was kind of self-righteous, like, why, I don't understand, why, why can't you, you know, just go to church and give, give it over to the Lord, and I never really could understand, like, people that drank, I, I used to get kind of angry when I would see people that would drink or be at bars, because I knew what it did to me, it kept my husband away from, from our family, and, and I wasn't loving to those people, and Anyways, uh, where was I going with that? I have notes right here, but I can't read them. Um, so anyways, I was being mean. <laughs> That's where I was. And slowly the Lord started to show me that Lisa can't fix it. I'm a fixer. I, I'm like, I'm trying everything in my ability to to fix him, and that's not how it's supposed to go. We're supposed to let the Lord fix you. And Finally, after years of me trying to, to do things in our marriage, I finally was exhausted and I just gave him over to the Lord. And I started journaling instead of getting on the phone with my friends and griping about him or you know talking to somebody else um, about my problems. I started going to God with my problems and I started journaling. And a year or so ago, I came across those, those notes and it's, just crazy to see where we've the Lord has brought us in six years because I just used to be so sad all the time and I saw it reminded me of where the Lord brought him and I started doing that well the night of his wreck I had this sick feeling in my stomach I because I already always told him I'm like you're just gonna die in a ditch somewhere alone and we're not gonna know where you are and we would joke about it but that night came and I, I kept calling him and he wouldn't answer. And I had this super sick feeling in my stomach and we went to bed and I got a call, it shows up on your phone, state patrol, you know? And I got that, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's dead. And so I pick up the phone and I, they're like, your husband's been in a wreck. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna kill him. And so um, I, I went up there and I saw the wreck and I was like, he was in that? And here he was walking from the wreck. And I'm like, how in the world is he walking? So he gets in the patrol car, they're like, we're taking him to the jail. So he goes to jail and I'm, I'm riding in the car, we've gotten the stuff from his truck and ride to jail and I'm just furious. I'm like, how in the world can he do this to us? Because it just started Christmas break for the kids. And I was so angry. And while I was going over there, I was praying and whenever I walked into the jail, I heard him like moaning because, you know, the truck was on his back and I heard this noise and I'm like, who is that? And I'm like, that's him. And I had been praying the whole way over. I'd, I had given him to the Lord. I didn't know what else to do. And for that moment, when I saw him, the Lord let me see him through his eyes and the grace and mercy that is shown upon people living in sin. I was a sinner and he got, he let me see him. And from that moment on, we, after this wreck and everything, like we start a recovery ministry, like I have a love for people and the Lord kind of just opened my eyes to how I was being. And I had so much grace and mercy for him that night. And I just thank the Lord for that. Um, after 
we were there in Puxico. We've had a, we were with some friends with a recovery ministry, and um, everything was going good. And um, just it, we've we've been here almost two years, and um, the enemy, you know, when when stuff's going good, um, he doesn't like that. So he tries to throw things in your path to trip you up, and um, there was some turmoil and stuff that went on there, um, and we. For a short moment, we lost a lot of our friends that we'd had our whole lives. When we came here, we kind of felt like orphans, like we didn't have anybody, um, any family or anything. And I'm just trying to say that the Lord, he's so amazing because we came here broken. And um, not too long after we were here, there was a message in tongues, and I have it on my phone. But um, it said, it started out that, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And we had already come through one trial, and this was just another trial. It, but this time we had armor. We had armor, so we knew how to fight. And we fought by praying and by giving it over to the Lord. And that's how you fight your battles. And that song, that what the enemy make, has for evil, that the Lord will bring for good that is true because we come here and we thought that it was just the end that there would never be any way that these relationships could be mended and it's crazy because the Lord has mended those relationships and we are back together friends just like we used to be and 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 I thank the Lord for that like there's Whatever situation that you may have going on, the Lord has a plan. If you will just give it over to him, don't try to fix it. You give it to him and he will fix it. So that's all I have. thing to say and that was uh since the time we've been here I, I just uh, appreciate all the love everybody's shown us and we love it here and uh, we love y'all. Thank you.
After I heard I was going to do this, I've been so worried about what am I going to wear? What are they going to think about me? What am I going to say? And then this morning, I was listening to Mike Boggess on the radio, 8 o'clock this morning. You know, he does it at Sunday morning radio station. And he was talking about, like, 
we don't seek approval from man. We seek approval from God. So as long as I'm glorifying God up here, that's all that matters today. So my name is Tiffany Cunningham. Uh, today's actually my 30th birthday. It's such, yeah. It's such a blessing to be clean off drugs today. This is the first birthday I've had clean since I was 13. Yeah. At the age of 13, I started using drugs. At the age of 15, I found out I was pregnant. My son Brazen was perfect in every single way. So perfect, the Lord took him home at two months old. I didn't know God then, but I knew my baby went to heaven. It broke my heart. The first real love I'd ever felt was ripped away from me. Trying to numb the pain, I did every and any kind of drug. But coming an IV drug user, I roamed the bellies of hell. As time passed, I had three more children. I desired to be a good mom when they deserved, but drugs completely stole my identity. I didn't know how to love. Unless you love God, you can't love anyone else properly. Two years ago from today, DFS took my children. I hit rock bottom. I reached out for help. Cassie King and LaDonna Wagner took me down to treatment. I stayed there for a couple months, went through another treatment, graduated it, and then I had eight months clean and I took my eyes off Jesus. And I fell and I fell hard. But God sent Cassie to war for me. She fervently prayed for me and she never gave up on me. She saw more in me than I ever saw in myself. I should be re dead right now. I was suicidal with the spirit of oppression over my life. I was in an abusive relationship, homeless, strung out on fentanyl and meth. DFS was terminating my parental rights, but Jeremiah 29 11 tells me that God has plans for me. Praise the Lord. Crossway Ministries opened October 20th, 2020, and my life began. I picked up my cross. Jesus really died on the cross to set us free. So who the sun sets free is free indeed, and I'm free. Yes. Since coming to Crossway, the Lord has delivered me from drugs. He's delivered me from smoking cigarettes. He's restored my relationship with my children. They come every Saturday to the center and hang out with me. I've been refilled with the Holy Ghost. Going through my stuff, I've, I found a suicide letter I'd wrote to my kids before I came to Crossway. I was at the end of myself. I didn't want to live no more. The condemnation was so bad that I thought my kids would be better off without me. But by the grace of God, I get to live. He gave me a refuge, a safe place where I can live and be a good mother and daughter and sister and niece and friend. Roman 8.28 says that we know all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Everything the enemy meant to destroy me, God gets to turn around and use for his glory. I thank God his grace is sufficient. And I thank God that I have everybody, all the good teachers and the pastors and the, everybody just filling me with the word. It's falling on fertile ground. Thank you. So if you don't mind, I'm going to read straight off my phone because I'm a person that has to have it all in front of me or else I'm going to forget everything. So in July of 2019, my husband and I received the most exciting news that we would ever receive. We were going to have a baby. 
These aren't tears of sadness, I promise. <laughs> Little did we know a few short weeks after we would find out some devastating news. Nothing can prepare you for that loss. You begin to love, to dream, and to be excited about that new life. That final week of July was very hard for my family. Hearts were broken at the mere thought, just that thought, that there is a loss. We tried to stay positive and be patient and hope for the best while we waited for the results to confirm a possible miscarriage. I remember praying during that time and telling and asking God, I don't understand and that's okay because I know that everything happens for a reason and there's a plan behind it. But if it's going to happen, you're going to have to give me absolute peace. Absolute, not a doubt. Each morning during that week, I kept up with my normal routine. I'd get up and get ready, get in the car, go to work with my praise and worship music on, just jamming out, trying to make sure everything was normal. But I was patiently waiting on that call. At the end of that week, on Friday morning, my husband and I finally received the long-awaited confirmation. I remember breaking into tears in my car that day. My heart hurt. And once again, I said, Lord, I need that peace. I need that peace to be okay and to go on like this. In my car on my way home from work, all I can remember is praising God because even in those dark times, we have to continue praising. We can't just sit back and sit and just be sad and mourn all the time. When, we, when I began to praise him in my car on my way home, and that very hard time is when I found that absolute peace, the peace that I asked for and the peace that I so desperately wanted. I remember going home that day and I remember my mom calling me and she was out of town. And I remember her going, well, Jenny's gonna call you. And I was like, okay, Jenny can call me. And Jenny calls me and I'm like, Jenny, I'm, I'm okay, I'm, I'm okay. And she's like, okay, well, I just wanted to check on you, just like Miss Jenny does. And the Bible says in Romans 12, 12, to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. So that's what I did. When I was asked to speak at this service tonight, I knew exactly what I was supposed to say, because this very testimony has been typed out in my phone since 2019. And the exact words that ended my typed out paragraph were, God says my story isn't over. And it wasn't because in 2019, even though my family endured a loss in August, make that a big point, in August of 2019, we endured a loss. In August of 2020, we gained our little blessing of a rainbow baby. So in August, we lost but in August, we gained. I want to leave you with a scripture that I'm sure that everyone has heard, but it's such a powerful scripture, and it's so, so true. Trust, it's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. I'm going to go ahead and pray over the service. Lord, we thank you, Father, for all these stories and these testimonies that have come forth tonight. Lord, your spirit is so present here, Father. 
Lord, we just thank you. Father, I ask that the people who are sitting out here in front of us, God, that you just let them know their stories aren't over. Your story's not over. God has a plan. And even though it may not seem great all the time, Lord, we know that it's your plan. And Lord, I just ask that you touch each and every heart in here and those who have come up and given their stories. God, I just thank you for those. Lord, we worship you and we thank you and we praise you. Amen. Would everybody stand? Oh, my heart is full. I know the presence of the Lord is here because when we speak about God, He can't help but show up. He likes to hear what we have to say about Him, and I know He is here. And I think if our spiritual eyes were open, we would see love is just being poured out all over this house. I just feel His love. I feel what He has. He is working. People say, God's going to work. No, God is moving in our lives and healing our bodies and, and encouraging in our lives. And I am so thankful. And, and this is our time that we get together right now and we get to worship him in the most, from the depth of our hearts, from the deep places of our heart right now. We are going to worship him from what we have been fed through all these testimonies tonight. Hallelujah. You know, and I was getting to thinking about what it all took place tonight, and I cried through every single one of them, how powerful they all and each every one of them were. Powerful than any message that could be preached, because a message is something that you study, but a testimony is something that you've lived and experienced. And these people have experienced some great, mighty things from the Lord. And we got a, some great guests here tonight, and part of them even come here. The John 316 crowd's here. Give them a hand. Hey, guys, back there. The John. Hallelujah. So glad to have all of them. And um, you know what, I'm, what, what I was sitting here just listening to the Lord and whoo, just getting overwhelmed with the presence of the Lord because I, I live to hear about people being changed by the power of God because I'm one of those people, amen? We don't like the test, but we love the testimonies. I remember graduating from high school and going up on to get my diploma and the the principal's there and he whispers, miracle. <laughs> I don't know how I overcome it. And there's been so many miracles in my life where I felt like when I went through the test that I'd hear those same words in my life again, miracle. I was in Dexter just the other day and everybody knows I went to school at Dexter, graduated from that high school there and um, walked in and there were some old friends and Kent, we heard you're a preacher. I said, yeah. And they said, miracle. <laughs> miracle. What a miracle God's done for all of us. And I was sitting there and hearing all these testimonies. And it just, something hit me. said, if you think that is good, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because I praise God for the future testimonies of your family being delivered. And if God's done it for each and every one of these... God healed, God delivered, God set free, God saved marriages, God restored marriages, God put marriages together, God took broken relationships and made a good relationship. If God can do that for us here at the palace, think of what he can do for our city and our region. God's not done with the region. And what we preached this morning, it's happening right before our eyes. We heard the testimony of it. Let's just give the Lord praise, amen.
was buried beneath my shame And who could carry that kind of weight It was my turn Till I met you I was breathing but Till I Your freedom is all I know. The old man knew Jesus when I met you.
needed rescue, my sin was heavy. The chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I wasn't orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. It was heavy. The chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen. One more time. I needed rescue. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy. The chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. You call me a citizen of heaven.